Blog Talk Radio. question. I vote for soul food. Well, a.k.a. country cooking. I mean, yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll go with grits. I don't know about the chitlins. But cornbread, sweet potatoes, ham hock, neck bone. I would say pork chops, but all oh, high right now. Amen. I, I, I'm sure all people. I'm sure the people that tuned in to watch the message there are wondering why we're discussing what we're gonna eat. But anyway, next Sunday, fellowship meal. That's what it is. The Baptist Church. Amen. We care about eating around here. Praise God. All right. But anyway, uh, yeah. Next Sunday. Next Sunday is fellowship meal. So prepare accordingly. Amen. All right. Well, let's take us a songbook. Let's stand together. Let's yeah. Well, I tell you what. Let's let's table let's table the discussion on the food, and immediately after church, we'll we'll bring that back up for rediscussion. All right. All right. Let's stand together. Let's take our songbook. Turn to one hundred and sixteen, and let's sing "Victory in Jesus." I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning Of his precious blood that told me Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. Praise God! He loved me and I knew him, and all my love is to him. I'm glad I'm saved this 
this morning. So good to be washed in the blood of Jesus and know that your sins are all forgiven. Amen. And it's good to be here with God's people. Amen. So good to see my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. Amen. I'm glad to know we're going to have brothers and sisters in Christ tuning in listening to us this morning on the Internet as well. And we welcome them into our services. Amen. We have prayer requests this morning. Praise God. Mr. Charlotte. Yep, she got a roof problem. A roof fell in on the bedroom. Okay, all right. Yes, sir. God knows. Uh huh. Your cousin. Okay. Okay. We'll lift Alan up in prayer. Y'all pray for my wife this morning. Last night she, I'm going to give them a plug this morning, but last night she brought us food home from Applebee's. Amen. And she woke up with food poisoning in the middle of the night. So I said I'm going to give them a good plug this morning for those who were thinking of going there after after church. But, but yeah, I mean, mine was fine, but, amen, it made her sick. So pray for her. She wanted a beer this morning. She woke up nauseated and the stomach just cramping. So. Well, I'll pray for their family. I'll praise God for Donnie being here this morning. He beat the COVID, and he's, he's made it here this morning, and we'll praise God for that. Amen. And you said your daughter-in-law, Dawn, is doing better. Amen. And all those that are sick in my wife's family, all of them are recovered, and, and we just praise God for all that. Um, any other prayer requests this morning? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. And water, Daniel. Wire or water? Wire. Wires. Okay. Water. You'll be fixed. That's fix it yourself. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, we'll be praying for you, Brother Dan. Amen. Yes, Donnie. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Be little. We miss them, so we're looking forward to seeing them. Well, we lift them up in prayer. Pray God heals him up. All right, anybody else? Anything else? Lord, not, Lord, the Lord's not too busy. His, his schedule ain't too busy, so if you got anything else, don't hesitate. All right, well, let's go to the Lord. Let's ask God to meet with us and, and deal with these requests. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Gather, breathe that holy name in prayer. 
grace. Which is it? And this this theme is going to continue throughout this chapter. Is again we're in Acts, and as we know, we're looking. Our theme of our study has been Holy Ghost power, because as Christ went back to heaven, He sent His another Comforter, and He said to guide us in all truth, and that is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, the everlasting Spirit. Amen. The Spirit of Christ, and He's here working in us, and we're watching how he's working and building and establishing the Lord's church, working through people just like me and you who have, who have come to Christ and believed on Christ, been saved by his grace, washed in his blood, and dwelt and filled by his spirit, amen, and set into a world just the same as these guys here, amen. We are no different, we know better, no worse, amen. What, what the things that are going on here, they need to encourage us about our own service and walk with God. And uh, as we look at this this morning, I want us to, uh, I want us to, uh, let's turn back. I want us to read down through what we looked at last week. Uh, it's, it's good just to go back and, and to reestablish where we're at. So I don't want to, I don't want to labor this in, belabor this in for I want us to get in it and get going. All right, chapter 15, let's begin there in the first verse and read down to verse 12, and then we'll start from there. And certain men which came down from Judea, down around, down in, in Israel, down around Jerusalem, they came and taught the brethren. This is in Antioch. This is Paul and Barnabas had made their way back to Antioch, and they're there in that church where they've been laboring and working and teaching them. And certain men came down from Judea, taught the brethren, and said, Except ye be circumcised to the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. And that was a shock to them, because all of them were Gentiles. Well, not all of them, but most of them. These lawyers are grown men, and you're telling them that they're going to have to be saved. They're going to have to come and, and drop their britches and let somebody cut on their body. No, that sounds insane in order to be saved. And I'm sure they thought, that sounds nuts for me to be saved, and I've got to do that. And we established that last week, and that's what we're reading through right now. Now, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation, well, they got all up in arms with them, and they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem under the apostles and elders about this question. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is what happened there. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. They didn't have, they didn't have a problem. You see that? They had no problem saying, hey, those people got saved. They didn't have an issue with this. They're going to clear up error. All right? It was not a question with Paul and Barnabas as whether or not somebody had to be circumcised to be saved. All right? And when they were coming to Jerusalem, uh, oh, by, oh, by the way, verse 3, they, they declared the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy in all the brethren. So on the way, people they were telling them they got saved, they're rejoicing because the Gentiles are getting saved. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them, told them about their entire missionary journey uh, through Cyprus and on up through Pamphylia, and all the things that happened with Paul uh, and his, his stoning and his, res, his being raised up and all those things. And, uh, but there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying this, it was needful to circumcise them and command them to keep the law of Moses. Okay, so they're saying, no, 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 no. We may, we may believe who Jesus is, but we don't believe that what Jesus did is going to do it. You've got to keep the law. That's what they're saying. So understand, this is, this is people who say they believe that Jesus was the Son, but they don't believe unto the saving of their souls, before I can see, because it's by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. And these said, it's needful to circumcise them and command them to keep the law of Moses. So they're saying, you've got to go back to the law. Yeah, you may believe he's the son, you may believe he's the Messiah, but you've got to keep the law. And the apostles and the elders came together for to consider this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago... God made a choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. 
We talked about that, how he went to Cornelius' house. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God and put a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? The law could not save. They tried to keep the law. There was no way. He said it's like a yoke that we were not able to bear. It was a load we weren't able to pull. It was a load we could not carry. Why are we going to put it on this? But we believe that through the grace, get that, the grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as thee. So Paul said it's by grace, it is not by the law. And let's continue on. And we ended in verse 12. Then all the multitudes kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. They listened to everything that happened on that missionary journey. Let's go to the Lord's Prayer. Let's buy our heads of prayer and let's get into the message this morning. Father, Lord, i got a lot of ground to cover and i got a short time to do it. So I pray you give me Holy Ghost power, Lord. Guide me and steer me. Give me words to speak, Lord, to keep my mind clear and focused. Lord, I pray you, you guide me through everything today this morning that I have to say. Father, I pray you work in the hearts and minds of, of your people. Speak to them, Lord, and only, not only these that are here among us this morning, but, Lord, those who are listening in. Father, work in hearts and lives. Father, I just pray, Lord, you save somebody's soul this morning. Lord, I pray you bring somebody back, Lord, in, in repentance and restoration, Lord, from their backslidings. Lord, I pray you work and do your work in our lives. Father, help us to see that it's by grace through faith and nothing else. Lord, we just give you glory and praise for Jesus and for his, his sacrificial death on the cross by shedding his blood whereby we're saved. And we'll give you all the great, the, the glory and the praise for all of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's let's go from here and let's see what what God will show us. All right. So again, our theme we're, we're continuing here is that it is faith, not works. Again, we're transitioning, right? In the Old Testament, it was all about the what? The law. Okay. So you got you got all these Jews who are coming, uh, who are coming. Some of them are coming to Christ. Some of them are saying, "No way, we don't want that." We crucified him. Uh, there, there are some who are, con- who are mixed up in between. But this is, again, we're transitioning away from the Jewish way of looking at things to the Gentiles because God God has turned to the Gentiles. And, again, this is continuation of all this. And I think this morning you're going to see some things that's really going to bring the Bible together, to uh, the New Testament together for you a little bit. Uh, so anyway, let's read here. Begin verse 13. And and, I, and again, I, I would love to tell you this is a point by point, nice little, pretty outline. But this is scattered. This is scattered history, basically. So you just you just hold with me this morning. We'll see what we can get out of it. So anyway, and after they had held their peace, they listened to everything that Paul and Barnabas had to say. James answered. This is James, the Lord's brother. You remember Herod had James, uh, John's brother killed, and so this is James, the Lord's brother. Uh, answering and saying, men and brethren, hearken unto me. So you know what that tells me? Right off the bat, Peter, you know, the, the Catholic Church will tell you that Peter was the first pope. Okay, I don't believe in popes anyway, all right? But he was not the first leader of the church. Here you see James. James is standing up for the church. James is the one who's leading. It's not Peter, and Peter is there, all right? So I just want to point that out. So, he, he stands up and he says, hey, everybody, listen to me. Simeon, and that, again, that's Peter. Peter's called Simon. He's called Peter, and he's called Cephas. Bible, people in the Bible had many different names. So anyway, Simeon had declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles and take out of them a people for his name. So he recalled what happened, uh, recounted what happened at Cornelius' house. And to this, he said, agree the words as it is written, now he's going to quote from Amos 9 here in verse 16. After this, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, uh, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. Now, Again, he's quoting from Amos 9. I'm going to turn over there. If you want to turn over with me, you can. Uh, 
Let me just a second. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Amos chapter 9, verse 9 through 15. Let me read that to you. And lo, I will command and I will sift the house of Israel among them all nations like as corn is sifted in a sieve. And yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword, which say the evil shall not overtake or prevent us. In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen and close up the breaches thereof. And I will raise up his ruins and will build it as in the days of old, and that they may possess the remnant of Edom and of all heathen which are called by thy name, saith the Lord that doeth this. Uh, let me just stop there. I don't hate me keep reading. Let me, let me just point out something very interesting. Okay? He's reading this prophecy which is saying, I will build again the tabernacle of David which has fallen down. Do you realize that as he is speaking this, that, that temple standing, that temple was not demolished until A.D. 70. This is before that temple was ever demolished. He's sitting there talking. He's saying, I believe, according to the prophet, I believe that this temple is going to be destroyed completely and it's going to be rebuilt. He's talking, he's talking stuff that ain't even happened yet here with us. That temple's got to be rebuilt in order for the tribulation period to take place. That's going to happen all during that. But he's here talking about that. He's got the kind of faith that says, you know what, even though that building is big and mighty, I believe everything God's Word says about it. I believe all the prophecy concerning Christ's return. All right? And that's what he's giving testimony to. James was looking for the Lord's return. Amen? And he's talking about the Gentiles believing. Isaiah chapter 62. Let's turn over there real quick. Isaiah chapter 62. Isaiah 62 and verse 2. Now here's this Old Testament prophecy. A lot of them Jews didn't want to believe. It was, they didn't want to listen to what it said, but it was there. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall give. All right? And then in Isaiah 42, 6. Isaiah 42, 6. There's a lot of scriptures on this. I'm just cherry-picking out a few of them. There's tons of scriptures on the Gentiles coming to the Lord. Isaiah 42. What did I say in verse 6? Isaiah 42 and verse 6. I get the pages part. <clears throat> I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand. I will keep thee. I will give thee for a covenant to the people, for a light to the Gentiles. Well, they're in darkness, they're lost. If there's a light given to them, they can see that Christ is the Messiah. So that's exactly what he's speaking of, and that's exactly what's taking place, and he is understanding he's, the Holy Ghost of God has opened James' eyes to see that what the Old Testament has prophesied is now coming true before their very eyes, that God is doing this thing which he's prophesied that he was going to do. So, and he, and he follows that up by saying in verse 18, he said, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. This is not some surprise to God. God knew that the, God, that the grace of God was going to be given to the Gentiles. He knew that it wasn't always going to be just of the Jews. So this is, this is something God has planned on for, forever. Verse 19, whereof my sentence is, James says. And again, he's speaking for the whole church in Jerusalem. My sentence or my judgment is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. So we don't lay on them some kind of burden that they can't bear. That's what they were just referring to. They're talking about circ circumcision or keeping the law. He said, listen, we don't need to trouble them. We don't need to cause them anything. Listen, they're babies in Christ. The people just got saved. I mean, they've been saved for, for months or maybe a year. And then you want to come and tell them, Hey, you're going to have to have a surgical procedure in order to be saved. You thought you were saved, but you really wasn't saved because you thought you were saved, but you wasn't because you didn't do that. I mean, it's just nonsense. It's ridiculous. It'd be like somebody coming in here saying they come in speaking for God this morning. Get up and tell everybody in here, you got to shave your head if you're saved. Some of us are close. <laughs> Some of us are like, we're past the halfway covenant, amen. But can you imagine how ridiculous? I know you ladies throw fit. You say, there ain't no way that can be so. i got to walk around with a bald head in order to be saved. Well, that's not near as bad as what they were talking about to these Greeks. We're talking about something that would take a while to heal up. We're talking about something that hurt. 
and it was not necessary. So, here's what James says. James says, My sentence is, we troll them not, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them. So we need to write them a letter. We need to send them something and tell them. And he said, here's what we need to tell them. Number one, that they abstain from pollutions of idols. Number two, and from fornication. And number three, that they abstain from things strangled and from blood. So these four things he gave, he said, they don't need to do those things. Okay? We just need to tell them that. He said, from Moses, verse, verse 21, and I'm going to tell you why he said tell them that. Uh, for Moses of all time hath in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. So we've been, we've been teaching and preaching in our synagogues for a long time in every city. This is not something uncommon. The Jews, there were certain things that they could not bear. They wouldn't be able to put up with it. And in order for these Greeks to not offend the Jews, there were things that, that they said, listen, you tell them not to do those things because that's what causes problems. Those are some of the things, real serious things with us that cause problems. But I want to show you why he said that, okay? And I know you know these scriptures, but I'm going to read them to you anyway. First John 2. 1 John 2, 15. Well, I'm just quoting to you. You got to turn over. What did it say? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all the things that are in the world, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. I mean, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. That's what he's talking about. So he's talking about being drawn to this world, being caught up in the pollutions of this world. I can't tell you how many people who name the name of Christ, who say they're saved, and yet if you if you were to go on social media and look at their Facebook page and look at them, the pictures that they take, you know, let me give you an example. This this beat all I've seen. Somebody passed away here just the other day. I want to say he's from Avery. And the picture they posted of him, he was in a, like a honky-tonker casino. I couldn't figure out which one he was in. And it's bragging on him being a part of the cowboy church. And I thought, man, what a picture to put out on there. It was. Okay, but still. I mean, either way, I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I've I had my foot in the casino over 40 years ago. I've had my foot in bar of you before, too. But I sure would hate to have a picture of me that the world remembers me back of being in a place like this. I don't want, I, you know, God called us to separate from this world. Not to be like this world. Amen? We're to come out. And listen, he tells us, he, he tells us, you know, we're going to come out from among them and be separate. That was the scripture I was going to. He wants us to come out. Why? Because, the, the, listen, the pollutions of idols. Pollution. What, we know what pollution is. Pollution means it trashes things up. Pollution means it makes things not fit to use. Pollution, it, it destroys. Thief coming up before they kill, steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? So what is he warning them about? He's warning them about defiling themselves. Now, now why is this important? Because you've got to understand where they came from. What did they get saved from? They were called heathens. Okay? They had, they had pagan temples and pagan idols. And I, I ain't no kids in here, so I'm just going to be frank with you. There were prostitutes in their temples. And they worshipped by going into those prostitutes because they worshipped gods of sex and, 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 and excesses and those types of things. They, they, they indulged in their flesh. That was the way they worshipped. They reveled. They had orgies and feasts and all these things. That's how they worshipped their pagan gods was to indulge in the lust of the flesh. So, so they're saying, listen, you need to tell them that they need to stay away from that. I don't think that was too much to ask. If you get saved, don't go back up there and hang out with all your buddies at the temple. You abstain from the pollutions of idols. It will pollute your life. I would say to any Christian today, stay away from the pollution of Hollywood. Stay away from the pollution of the music industry. Stay away from pollution and the filth of television. It is garbage. Stay away from that filth that this world lusts and craves after. Amen? I can proudly, and I say proudly, I can thankfully say I've never watched one episode of the Kardashians. 
Amen? Hey, listen, I can care less about that garbage. Amen? I don't watch the news. Amen? I, I thank God. I, I don't really ever look at that. If it ain't a cartoon show that my child is watching, I usually ain't looking at it. But it's sports. That is a garbage, garbage vehicle. That, it might as well be the garbage truck backing up and just emptying out its, its cargo into your living room. God says when you're saved, come out. What did I save you from if you're just going to stay in it and water in it like a hog? Get out of there. What did the prodigal son do? He got out of the hog pit. He got up and he went to his father's house. A Christian ought to get up from the blessed hog pit and go to their father's house. And that's all, that's all the church is reasonably saying to them. Don't keep watering in that field now that you're saved. Stay away from that. Stay away from fornication. Why? Because in their culture, in that pagan culture, a man has a bunch of wives. His wives, his wives were there for bleeding and having babies. And he had concubines. Man had all kinds of concubines. He had girlfriends. They were for taking out and having fun. And, and the wives were just there doing the hard work, feeding the goats and splitting the firewood and whatnot. They saying, hey, listen, you can't live like that anymore. You can't. That's not the, God doesn't want you to live like that anymore. He wants a husband and a wife living in a marriage relationship that honors and reflects Christ and his church. He said, abstain from the way you used to be. Don't be going and eating with, them, with the rest of them pagans that eat things that strangled and, and, and drank blood. And by the way, I, I wonder about that, that, that drinking of blood. God's wanting to get drinking blood all along. There's something to that. I can't put my finger on what it is, but there's, there's a reason why there's such a thing on it. It's called a vampire. There's this reason why. There's something about blood that, that, that the wicked of this world are fascinated with because there's life in the blood, and, and they, they, they got to desecrate that life, and, and there's just something about it. God says, you don't be drinking blood. Don't be drinking blood. Don't be eating blood. Stay away from it. I, it bothers me. I watch people on TV making that blood sausage and stuff, and I think to myself, you shouldn't eat that stuff. That ain't right. That ain't good. Don't mess with it. God said don't do it. But nevertheless, let's keep rolling. So he's, they warned him, said, said I, 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 my judgment is they stay away from, from idols, fornication, things strangled, and from blood. All right? Again, Moses has said this. Moses has told this. In every, in every synagogue, and, and then the Bible says, then it pleased, verse 22, and it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, named Barsabbas, Silas, chief men among the brethren. So these are chief, two chief men from down in Jerusalem. They're going to send, send them to Antioch with a letter. They're going to write them a letter. All right, now who is this Judas named Barsabbas? You need to know who that is. He wrote a book in your Bible. It was right before the book of Revelation, the book of Jude. That's him right there, okay? We're going to look at that book in just a minute, but just hold that thought. If you want to find that book while I'm preaching, you can, all right? <clears throat> so they, they got these two men, and the Bible said they wrote letters by them, so they gave, wrote letters and gave to them, after this manner, you're going to read a letter that came from Jerusalem to the church in Antioch right now. This is the letter. All right? It says, The apostles and the elders and brethren send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. So not only churches church in Antioch, but there are churches that have, that have popped up in Syria and Cilicia as well. Now, this is part of that is from Paul and Barnabas' journey. 24. All right. He said, for as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us, that's the ones that said you had to be circumcised to be saved. He said, they have troubled you with words subverting your souls. They're trying to, they're trying to mess you up as far as salvation goes. They're trying to absolutely shipwreck your faith in God. When he says they're subverting, they're trying to upset what God has done in your life, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law. Look, to whom we gave no such commandment. They did this on their own. Let me tell you something again. Those guys weren't saved. Though they had, 
You know what? It's possible to sit in a church house and not be saved. You know that? It's possible to act saved and talk saved and make people think you're saved when you're not saved. And that's exactly what was going on with these with these Judaizers, which, which were down there at the church in Jerusalem and left and went up there and tried to tear everything up in Antioch. All right? And, and he said, we gave no commandment. All right? So, matter of fact, this crowd here that he's talking about, you know, a lot of times when somebody comes at you with some kind of weird cockamamie something, and you and you you say, "Hey, listen, that's not what the Bible teaches." They get mad because they want they want to be right. I've had this happen a number of times over the years. Somebody come at me with some crazy something, and I said, "No, nah, I just don't think that's what the Bible said." And I try to show them what the Bible said, and they just get mad at me. Well, you you you're a heretic. You don't you know they just they don't want to talk. They just want to argue and they want to run off and be bitter and get mad and talk bad about you after they leave. That happens, and that's what happened to Paul. And so. And they followed him, and we'll see this, they followed him throughout his whole ministry, trying to destroy everything that he was doing for God. All right? Uh, by the way, the book of Galatians is written for this reason, whether you all knew that or not. That's why it was written. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, let me read it to you. He says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? They put a spell on you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. I just want to know one thing he's saying. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Did y'all get saved by keeping the law or did y'all get saved by faith? That's what he asked. That's why he asked him that. Why? Because these guys had been down there in Galatia been telling them things and causing them to doubt. He said, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? How dumb are y'all? You think God gets you saved, man? You want to do it yourself after God saves you? How dumb are you? That's what he was asking them. Come on. Knock some sense in your head. Get, get with it, man. Christ is the one that saves. It wasn't you. You couldn't save yourself. How do you think you're going to do something now? So, again, it's a battle. This is Satan at work trying to destroy everything God is doing. Hey, you know, the devil's mad. Paul was his, one of his best agents. He's got lost him. And so now he's trying to do everything he can to shut him down. You want to make God you I mean you want to make God happy and the devil mad, hey, let's quit serving the devil and try and serve God. The devil will be angry at you the rest of the way. Alright? So he's telling them all this, and then verse twenty five he said, It seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, and sent chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. He talks about Paul here. He said, men who have hazarded their own lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, Paul literally gave his life. Paul literally died and was raised back up. I mean, they, they'd heard all the story of everything that took place. And uh, verse 27, we sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things, by mouth. Now turn to the book of Jude. Turn to the book of Jude. So, Judas, Jude, or Judas, we see, went down, went down to Antioch, and he gave the, he went on to deliver this letter and confirmed these things. Well, he wrote a book. He wrote a letter concerning these things, and here it is. Now, let's pay attention and read the book of Jude. It's only 25 verses, and I'll read fast, all right? Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You've got to fight for this faith. Why? For there are certain men who crept in unawares. See, they, they said they were from us. Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, that's wicked perverseness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not, and the angels which kept their first, not their first estate, but left their own habitation, 
He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities about them, like, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and over to strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion. They don't want God to be in charge. They want to be in charge. They want to keep them under the law. Amen. And speak evil of dignity. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, Lord, rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally is brute beast. In those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they've gone after Cain, the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and perish up the gain, saying of poor. They are spots in your feast of charity. They are spots when they show up in church with you. They are, they are, they are dirty spots in your feast of charity, when uh, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds are they without water, carried about with, with winds. Trees whose fruits withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming at their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. I think he's got a problem with them, don't you? Just a little one. And Enoch, also the seventh from Adam. I mean, he's going to go all the way back to Enoch and say what he had to say about this. Prophesied of these, way back yonder, before the flood, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking about after their own lust, and with their, in their own mouth speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But beloved, remember ye the words which are spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that it, they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having the spirit, which ye believe, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen. Jude had a crop full of them guys. Amen. Jude didn't hold anything back. I'm going to tell you something. In this day and time we live in, we got them all up and down the street. Anybody who preaches, you've got to do anything, anything other than believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on Calvary, they are a heretic, a liar, and a deceiver. I don't care how nice they are. I don't care how pretty they look. I don't care how slick they dress, how well they sing, and how versed they are, and how many college degrees they got. They are a child of the devil if they teach you anything other than salvation by grace and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It is not by works. You can't add works to it. If you add works to it, you ruin it. It ain't Jesus plus your works. It ain't Jesus plus the church. It ain't Jesus plus your baptism. It ain't Jesus plus tongues. It ain't Jesus plus missionary work. It's Jesus, 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 Jesus. And that's all. Amen. So, he said, verse 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost. And to us. So this is God at work. God is doing this. He is, he, is, he is the one who's leading them that it's all by grace. To lay upon here, the Holy Ghost and us, we both agree, to lay upon you no greater burdens than those necessary things that you abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and the things strangled and from fornication, that, that from which if you keep yourselves, you shall do well. Now, he didn't say which if you keep yourselves, you shall be saved, did he? No. Uh, let, me, let me ask you a question. Now, I'm not saying this to encourage anybody, but let me ask you a question. Is it possible for a, for a believer to, to, to fall into the great sin of fornication and yet still be saved? Oh, now we have some confusion in here. I got hit going this way, I got hit going this way. Is it possible for a believer 
They got an argument on whether or not this this boy is any good for the ministry. It wasn't an argument over I don't like you. I don't like you either. No, it was I want to take him. I don't want to take him. I well, I think he'd be all right. I don't want him. He's not so good for me. You take him. You want him? You go with him. I ain't taking him nowhere. That's kind of argument it was. I take old Silas. He doing. Me and him been working together. He's pretty good. So you say that was terrible. They had contention like that. But God used it. God used it. See, instead of one missionary team, look here. I ain't got two. Now, I mean, I'm not telling you hey, church splits are good, but I'm telling you right there, in this instance, God used maybe what the devil was trying to do negatively. God turned it around and used it for good. So, I mean, these babies need to be tended to, so they had to go do it. There was a lot of them to take care of, so they both, so God divided them so they would go and they would work together. And so the Bible said they departed as soon as one from the other, so Barnabas took Mark, and sailed for Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. Now, let me just say one thing before I, before I finish up here about John Mark. Paul didn't want to use him. Paul said, he ain't no count. But over in Second Timothy, right before Paul's last words, right before he addresses the church for the last time, Paul makes something right. In verse 11, chapter 4, 2 Timothy, he says, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. All this time has passed. Paul's coming out at the end of his life. He says, you know, I'm sure, I think Paul maybe thought back on how he handled that situation probably never felt like it was done right. And here he says, hey, you tell him to come on and help me because he's, he's profitable. He makes things right. And I'm going to tell you something. I only bring that up to say this. Sometimes we, 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 sometimes you can get at odds with another believer. Maybe, maybe your personalities clash. You know, and that's okay that you don't fellowship with them all the time. Maybe it's okay that you're not around them. But if there's contention between you, Y'all make it right. Y'all go to him and say, you know what? Listen, we may have had some problems and everything, but I just want you to know I love you in the Lord. And I ain't got no ill feelings towards you. You know that do a lot of good. That fix a lot of old hurts when you just go and make things right with somebody. And Paul did that. Paul did that. And he chose Silas and departed. The Bible says being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. You know, I want to be that kind of a believer, don't you? I want to be the kind of believer that if, if somebody's looking for somebody to do something for God, the others say, oh, you need to get with so-and-so. Because, man, you're talking about an old so-and-so. But you ought to get brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. Because what, what serving God on them, they're, they're loyal to the Lord, and they're going to do things right. I want to be that kind of person. That's the kind of person Silas was. And the brethren recommended him because of it. That, 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 he, he's a standard there. You know, I want to, again, I want people... I want to live in such a way for Christ that other people say, hey, you can count on him. Don't you? Don't you want people to be able to say that about you? They walk with God. If you need some help, hey, listen, if you need some spiritual help, you can call on them. They'll help you. So, and he went through Cilicia, Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. So Paul goes on with Paul, and they go on and, and, and begin checking up on those churches, and uh, we're going to stop right there. I know this wasn't, wasn't your normal sermon, but that's all right. We needed to get through it this morning. And uh, I thank God this morning that it's by grace. I thank God this morning that, that, that my works ain't got a single thing to do with my salvation. On my best day, I'm lousy. On my best day, I fail. I'm thankful to God that Jesus knew all that, and he knew that there was no way that I was ever going to measure up, and so he did enough to cover me. Amen? He did enough to cover you. It's finished. It's done. There's no more need to worry about it. Never stop and say, well, I wonder if I'm a good enough Christian to go to heaven. It ain't about whether or not you're a good enough Christian. It's about whether or not you've been washed in the blood of Jesus. And if you have, you ought to rejoice, you ought to praise God, and you ought to tell somebody else. Amen. Let's stand together.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.